Welcome to the Homeownership Insights Podcast, your leading mortgage podcast, sponsored by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Listen as experts from across the country share knowledge to help home buyers and homeowners make the best decisions in their homeownership journey. Our next podcast begins right now. Welcome back to the Homeownership Insights Podcast. I'm Casey Morris, and today I'm talking with two Fairway Loan Officers, Chris Gonzalez and Charla Ellis, and we're going to be talking about debt-to-income ratio, which is something that is really important to know about if you are planning to buy a home because it affects whether or not you qualify for a mortgage, but it can be difficult to understand if this is the first time that you're hearing it or the first time that you hear it is when you go to apply for a mortgage. So Chris and Charla are going to illuminate exactly what DTI is, what you need to know, and hopefully you'll come away from this feeling much more empowered um, about something that's really important to your home buying journey. So Chris and Charlotte, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. So I thought we could start if you guys wouldn't mind just talking about what exactly is debt to income ratio and why does it matter for getting a mortgage and how do you guys calculate it? Start. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, debt to income ratio. Um, yeah, it's a really important part of how an underwriter makes a decision on how on whether you qualify for a, a mortgage. But it, it, it it's a calculation of your, uh, your what your mortgage payment is going to be, plus any obligations you currently have, like car loans and credit card payments. There's the minimum payments, and that's divided into your monthly income. A gross monthly income, and uh, that number, you know, needs to be depending on the program you're using between 45 and 50 on a conventional loan. You could go a little higher on a VA or a uh, an FHA type loan, uh, which are sometimes we use that when, let's say, someone's DTI might be a little bit high because they have some big car loans or leases, or maybe they're they're um, paying the lease for a family member. You know, and and it's not the real uh, debts that they have uh, per you know on a monthly basis. They're not writing those checks, but uh, sometimes that can that can hurt. That can hold somebody back. So, you know, using other programs to help them qualify sometimes comes in handy. What would you add to that? Mm-hmm. I wanted to state that on the income used, it's qualifying income. For example, a borrower might think that they you know, have income from their primary job or a second secondary job or other sources. But sometimes the rules and regulations don't count that. <laughs> a second job, you need to have it for two years or a self-employed borrower, we may look at an analysis different than they would. So it's important to get with your lender quickly and early on in the process so that you know what income they will use is typically gross for a W-2 borrower, hourly, we average some hours and self-employed, we run through some analysis, we can add some things back. So income can get a little tricky, but we use whatever the guidelines allow, whatever we qualify. Like Chris said, I always say everybody is approved at 45% and sometimes we can go to 50 or a little higher. And so it's a guide. We do count debts that, hmm, our, we don't count grocery shopping and, you know, things like that. We do count the fixed debts, housing payments and auto loans and student loans, alimony, child support, uh, tax liabilities, payments to the IRS, things of that nature. Again, the lender will know and can help and guide you 
on how to calculate a true debt ratio and where you'd qualify for the maximum payment. <laughs> yeah, and, and to put it into practice a little for you, let's just say that we qualify your income to be 5000 a month, like a $60,000 a year salary. Um, that means that you're, in the, in the best case scenario, your mortgage payment, your car loans, your credit card payments can all can, uh, can all equal about twenty five hundred a month. As you know, to give you an idea of how it applies to the typical math. So the mortgage might be, let's say, with mortgage taxes and insurance and HOA and anything that has to do with the the monthly uh, uh, principal interest taxes and insurance on the property. Uh, let's just say it's eighteen hundred. That means your car payments and your credit cards and everything can't be more than about seven hundred. Just to give you an idea of how it would how it would be calculated, well, we can help you walk through those numbers. Any of you, a, loan, a good trusted loan officer can help guide you. Yeah, and, and you know, there's ways also to um, like. I always recommend to anybody who's considering buying a house to get in as early as possible. You know, six months, three months, six months, whatever. You know, don't don't wait until you're actually having a contract on a house to. To speak to somebody because you know mortgages buying a home is the biggest transaction a lot of people ever make and um i was just talking to casey before we started the call that uh you know you sit down with you know an, a professional to to consider your will you get a consultation or you sit down with a financial planner to consider how, how retirement's going to go um you should sit down with a mortgage professional to go over what the payments might look like on the type of price range you're looking at and, and what uh how much money you'll need and how you would this is a key thing how you would structure that loan to make sure you get the loan on the on the home that you're desiring and there's a lot of things you can do you know if there's an issue let's say there's an issue with your debt to income ratio there are things that you you can do to help you know put get that under control and, and get yourself ready for for the approval uh, and it's much easier when you have more time. And the benefit of doing that, of starting early, talking to a loan officer and talking about your debt to income ratio and what you need to do to get it to where you can actually qualify. Um, in a lot of cases, the things that you might do, like paying down debt, would theoretically help your credit score as well. And having a better credit score allows you to apply for or to qualify for more loan options, potentially a better interest rate. And so it's really a win-win when you do start early and you get all of your ducks in a row, instead of trying to kind of guess or wait until you're, you think, okay, I'm ready to buy. And then you dive in and then who knows, you could have been in a better position if you had worked with a loan officer earlier on, or you may realize that you do still have some work to do. And so now it's another six months before you can buy. So it's, it just seems like always just talk to a loan officer as soon as you're even thinking about getting a mortgage. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you're, yeah, you, I'm sorry, you speak, I've been speaking a lot. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, I just wanted to mention one of the funnest things is being able to plan with a borrower to look at their debt, look at their income, to determine how comfortable they are with their debt, decide, okay, is this your price range that you're comfortable with or what is the right credit choice for, for them? And to talk about, <clears throat> all right, these interest rates are a little higher, so that affects affordability. But what can we look at on a budget situation where, because there's something we can eliminate so that you could qualify to 
become a homeowner and start building wealth through real estate. So I love going through the financial literacy experience with a borrower and just help them understand and be more aware of what's happening with budgeting and how can we get them there or what the possibilities are. And it's just as fun for me as it is for them, you know? <laughs> That's rewarding to be able to help someone figure it out and become a homeowner and just start on that path to building wealth. Yeah, and Charlotte, you know, to build on your point, uh, I'm sure you find it as fun as I do to uh, look at a person's situation and and help construct um, what their what their monthly obligations will look like after the mortgage is in place. Uh, to, and to give you an example, uh, I guess what, what, what I mean is, you know, let's just say that we have that situation, you have 5,000 in income and the, the $2,500 a month limit. Well, there are many times when, believe it or not, because, you know, well, let's put it this way. There are many times where, you know, someone will say to me, hey, I'm going to put uh, 20% down and we're going to save up and do as much as we can on that end to get to the 20%. Uh, and, 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 and they come in with a lot of debt, but that they have 20% down. And uh, I've shown, I'm sure you have two Charlotte, where you can put 10% down, pay off the debt, and your monthly payment on the mortgage is a little higher, but you actually qualify for a lot more house just because the monthly obligations can be so much higher on that short-term debt. You know, when you put when you put it into a 30-year, let's say, you're you're looking at, uh, even though you are taking a bigger loan, you qualify for more simply because you restructured how you handle your debt. You qualify you know, for more or there's the ability to have that discretionary income, right. additional discretionary income if you've paid off some debts or whatnot to put to savings or whatever. So this is just where it's exciting. The possibilities are endless when you start speaking with somebody who can guide you and, and working mm -hmm. it together. So mm -hmm. Absolutely. I was just going to say, I think, too, one of the interesting things for a home buyer is when you do start looking at those debts and you start to find out, OK, this is what I qualify for under this circumstance or if, you know, you can see the different possibilities. Um, one of the things, too, is when you actually see the numbers of what your monthly obligations are going to look like with your potential potential housing payment based on how much you qualify for, you can start to really think, what are you comfortable with? Because you might qualify for more than you expected, but when you see what your monthly debts are going to be, you might think, okay, I could get the $500,000 house, but I'm going to cap my budget at 400 or at 350 because I'll feel more comfortable now that I can see those numbers. And you really can't conceptualize how much you're going to be paying every month or whether or not that's going to be a pinch or how that's going to affect your other financial goals until you actually do talk to a loan officer and they help you and go through those numbers. So I think that can be really illuminating and, you know, kind of bring everything back down to earth. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We, we're definitely budget counselors on some level at some point throughout uh, the transaction. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of tools on that. There are a couple of situations as well when someone really, when we uncover some goals and objectives and really what's behind the numbers where it might make sense to purchase a home when one's debt ratio doesn't quite work out, but we, we bring a co-signer on and you never want to set anyone up for failure. But in these situations where you might have a spouse that's unable to be on the loan, but they're a, a breadwinner as well, 
or you've got a second job that we can't count, but you do have that income coming in and we're pushing debt ratios or we get a cosigner involved to so you can purchase that house and start being a homeowner. There are situations where it makes sense that we can do things with elevated ratios. Otherwise, we want to be very careful and not have a borrower be over their head in a payment. And that's kind of where the fun is speaking with a customer and what what can we tailor to help make work your objectives? And one thing I wanted to ask you both about, because I think this is a big concern for a lot of people who are looking to buy a home now is how does student loan debt affect their debt to income ratio and their opportunities to buy a house? And I know Christy had mentioned that um, student loans are calculated into DTI, but can you talk a bit about how they're calculated in and Um, you know, I think the picture isn't as bleak as people assume that it's going to be because they think about their total number of debt. And a lot of people have a lot of debt. And so they think, well, I can't buy a house, not realizing that it's actually more about the monthly payment instead of that one big number. That's right. There's a lot of clients who've come to me and said said something like, well, I already owe a hundred thousand. So I mean, how, how much more will they lend me? You know? And yeah, I've made that point that it's really more about what that monthly payment is. And, uh, and to be honest, there's a lot of ways that, that <laughs> there's a lot of ways to calculate what a monthly payment can be. The, the, you know, one would be, well, the credit report says you're paying 500 a month or so. Uh, other, and others would be where there is no payment listed on the credit report. So depending on the program we, we're using, we're either going to use 1% of the debt as a monthly payment or half a percent. And, and then there's some people who are on income based uh, uh, debt repayment programs where um, that, that, that they pay a lot less than, you know, than, than what a 1% payment or a half a percent payment would be. It can really range. And, uh, you know, again, this goes to um, going back to getting reviewed. Let's look everything over and see where you're at. And certainly don't count out the possibility of buying a home just because you owe whatever you owe on a credit, on a student loan. Yeah, I agree with that. Some are scared and nervous and others think, oh, I have been in forbearance or whatnot on the student loan. We don't have to count it. So that's where we'll come in and just guide and judge and figure out what program is best and how we can get you there. And, you know, um, you know, an argument might be, well, I don't want to go into even more debt, you know, uh, on buying a home because, you know, now we have the student loan, I have the mortgage. And we really also have to keep in mind that, uh, Homes are really more than just a place to live, and it's more than just a debt. It's it's an asset, and it's an appreciating asset. Um, when you go around to looking at the top, you know, one percent, half the top half percent, top one percent, top five percent of people in the country with regarding net worth, sixty-eight uh, percent of their net worth tends to be real estate. So, you know, it's no secret that owning a home. Is a is a path toward wealth over the course of time, and uh, so you can out appreciate the, the the student loans just simply by living in your house for the next ten or fifteen years. You know, uh, I'm assuming you have a very big student loan, of course, in that case, because it doesn't take long. So uh, it's still a good idea. Um, you know, every month you're paying something toward the principal, and you're paying it down. Obviously, there's tax deductibility on the interest. Uh, there's a lot of positives that that help you make that um, that, that that help you on on the on on how quickly you actually uh, 
in, in a rent versus buy situation that the that the rent, even if it's lower per month, that the buy ends up being a better idea only in about two to two and a half years, simply because of this appreciation and amortization pay down and, and that and uh, interest. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, interest the the, the tax benefits. No. It's still a great idea. So even if you owe a lot on a student loan, tell but to buying a home might be a good idea. They'll pay them off. I think that's a really great perspective to to give to people because it can be really overwhelming to look at your student loan debt. And yeah, I think if I if I owe one hundred thousand dollars, who's going to give me a mortgage? Um, but you know, or thinking you know it's just too much. I don't want to take on any more debt. But if you put it in that context of looking at it a few years down the road and what you're really talking about, it's not just you know, sort of looking at those initial numbers on paper, but how is this going to affect your wealth building opportunities, you know, for the foreseeable future? It really changes the conversation. Yeah, it doesn't take long either. I mean, like you buy a $500,000 house and, and appreciate, let's say 5% a year, just, just around the average, you know, um, in four years, you have another 100,000 in equity on the house. Well, you just paid off student loans, or at least you have the equity to pay it off. So, you know, that just gives you an idea. It doesn't, it's not like it takes long. And all you do is live in the house and make the payments, which you're going to do on a rent. But in, in, the, in the case of rent, you just help the landlord pay off his student loans. Right. In those ways. So. <laughs> right. So it's a, it's a worthy cause to, uh, to figure out how to get it done. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a big difference in life over the course of the next X amount of years that you own it. And to that end, obviously, you know, I totally agree, you know, with, you, with what you guys are saying, you know, talk to somebody early, help have them help you come up with a plan if you are thinking about buying a house. Um, but do you guys have any general tips um, for somebody who may be listening to this, who's thinking, okay, I want to get started, um, but, you know, they, they sort of have a sense that their debt to income ratio is going to be high because of student loans, because of credit cards, and maybe they have a, a car payment or some taxes or whatever it is. And they're feeling like, okay, how do I start making moves now? You know, any general tips towards, you know, getting that DTI where it needs to be to qualify? Yeah, in fact, I'll, I was thinking about this while Chris was speaking. You have borrowers who might be nervous or, or not knowing where to start. And we just need to start and call your favorite trusted loan officer and they can walk you through, make sure you tell them everything and they can help put you on a plan. And we're not speaking about credit scores right now, but Fairways Credit Tools Department is so wonderful. If someone's credit is not where it needs to be, we can help get there. So just knowing and starting somewhere and get the, get the borrowers on a path home ownership it's just quite wonderful chris what would you add to that simply agree and say you know that getting in with a loan officer uh, who can look everything over is just a great way to make a plan you know we've talked about uh, everything that make, is beneficial about buying a home um even if you're thinking about it get in with somebody and there's so much that can be done regarding debt to income uh, and that's the thing about, you know, it's like going to the doctor and, you know, you, you fill out some information and then, you you know, then the, you sit in a room and the nurses come in or, or you know, and take your blood pressure. To me, this is how I explain it. Uh, when you're sitting in the, in the waiting room and you're filling out that info, that's filling out the application. And when you're sitting in the doctor's office and in, in the actual exam room, 
and uh, and they come in and take your blood pressure. That's the paperwork. So now that the doctor has the paperwork and the information, they can make an analysis about what you need. Uh, that's what, really what you need for on the mortgage. And if the analysis is that your debt to income side, there's plenty of things that you can do to reduce that debt to income, or just like we were saying before, just create a um, a plan to handle it by sometimes taking a higher loan than you think. But there are other things you can do. Um, you know, if you wanted a direct example, might one might be um, sometimes. Let's say if a person has a limited amount of money, uh, you can borrow from a four hundred one k, which will give you will lend you up to fifty thousand dollars or fifty percent of what you have in there, and um, give you a much longer term when you when you use that money for the purposes of buying a home, and uh, that could help with your down payment closing costs. But, you know, for the purposes of buying a home, which allows you to use your money that you do have to, let's say, consolidate some debt. And so that at the end of a little plan like that, you know, I don't know where you need to be to qualify, but, you know, your monthly obligations might even be less than what they are now. I have that all the time with clients who are paying 3000 a month. And, you know, I'm in New York, so the values here and prices are crazy. But somebody renting a home is doing one right now where he's renting for 4100 a month which is kind of normal for a house right now. Um, and the mortgage payment's going to be about 4700 a month after we're all said and done. But he currently has about 1500 a month in obligations. And I use that idea of paying down some stuff to bring that 1500 down to about 200 And so, you know, at the end of the day, uh, he used to be paying, or he's currently paying 4100 plus 1500 that's uh, a lot of math, but it's 5,600 a month, right? And the new mortgage payment is going to be 4,700 plus 200 in obligation. So if he went from 5,600 a month to 4,900 a month, and he owns a home before he was renting. So there's, you know, a little mix and match and little, you know, play with numbers. It's amazing what you can do. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a huge difference. And to then be able to own a home as well and start building equity, it's exactly. kind of a no-brainer at that point. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, imagine yes. saving what I say, seven hundred a month, and and on top of that, you're building equity every every month. More, you know, a nice chunk of that mortgage payments going toward principal. The value's going up every day. You know, it's just a no brainer. You're right. Mm-hmm. Great points. Great analogy of the doctor's office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. And, and I think I it's true, too, because whenever you go to the doctor and you are worried about something so often, once you get past those initial stages and you actually talk to the doctor, there's a relief that comes with knowing what the situation actually is and what the treatment plan is. And I think it's the same with financial decisions, especially with buying a home where you if you're worried that it's not going to happen for you or that you're just it's going to take you years you go and get some real information and have a plan and all of a sudden things start to come together and you feel like, okay, I can do this. And now I know what I need to do in order to get there instead of, you know, being in your own head and just making assumptions. True. That's a great point. It really is. I have a lot of clients who leave with this exhale almost like, well, not only can I do it, but it's going to be better. (laughs) Like, you know, especially when that happens, it's really wonderful. and, And, uh, Everyone deserves that. Everyone deserves that. Exciting. Makes us excited just speaking about it. It does. (laughs) It really does. The best part of my job. (laughs) 
Yeah. It's a great thing when, you know, when people realize that homeownership is truly within their grasp when they thought maybe it was years away or not even a possibility. So. Yeah. That's what people ask me about recommendations. One of the first ones I I would say is don't save, don't wait to save 20% down. Don't wait for that. You just don't need to, you know, you'll gain that in equity in a matter of a couple of years, get in this wonderful programs available where you can put, three uh, percent down or five percent down and get you know uh, down payment assistance so above that you know it, you can buy a house with amazingly little money compared to what you might think and uh, uh, and get you into that path of not only home ownership but pride of ownership and you know, mm-hmm. tax deductibility and amortization you know uh, growth and appreciation growth all these things start becoming yours you know why not why wait exactly beautiful thing so the bottom line is if there is some way to get into a home right now it's a great opportunity to do it and we'll help you do that absolutely 